0: Hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of Untucked. Today we're going to talk about gifting and our experiences around um, encouraging our clients to do so and some of the difficulties we experience in those conversations. And then we're going to talk about the game show Jeopardy. Um, Our top five is the top five non-human characters. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own, and they do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 84 of Untalked. This is Megan.
1: And Mike. This is Jeff.
2: Did you know that if you use a sauna for 20 minutes a day, you reduce your risk of a heart attack by like 50%? I mean,
1: that seems a, like a very vague. Because that was just real, be,
2: nothing vague about it. It was very direct. 20 minutes a day, 50% reduction.
1: I mean, I, I believe that there's a benefit. I just don't know how you come up with 50% because that would seem to be like more people would own saunas or have a sauna in their house or would use one at the gym or whatever. Right? I
2: think there's very – it's it's difficult to have access to a sauna. Right. And I think it's becoming more um, front of mind, like a cousin of mine. His wife is a trainer. They have a beautiful gym in their basement. Like she just posted like a picture. They put a sauna in their basement. And I saw him like, that's kind of crazy. And then I read this article. I forget where I saw the the information. And I was like blown away by it. And then since then, like I bumped into a guy walking into the gym this morning who I've seen go into the sauna. He's like 44. And when I was talking to him on my way in, he was on his way out. Like, dude, did you know that like saunas like reduce he's like oh yeah he's like dude it's super great for your heart
0: just because you sweat
1: even um, if you're morbidly obese let's say and really unhealthy and have clogged arteries or whatever like is that is that the case no that God, person i, I, is I gonna think to get... if
2: you're leading a, a a fairly horrible lifestyle from a health standpoint a sauna a day isn't gonna isn't gonna solve your problem you
1: gotta add that to your fun fact because you just stated a fun fact Without a qualifier. If you
2: eat McDonald's every day, drink a liter of Jack Daniel's, you're probably going to die. And a sauna won't help
0: (laughs) you. But, and I'm not a sauna girl. You just sweat, right?
2: I think it like probably slows down your heart rate. Like it it reduces your resting heart rate. I think it relaxes the body.
1: There is like cold plunges are now a very (sighs) popular thing so annoying for similar I think reasons in that there's a lot of people talking up the benefits of putting your body in uncomfortable uh, conditions uh, whether it's heat cold or both and I think that there's um there's definite legitimacy to all that it's not just sweating right like it's not just it's it's more it's there's more to it physiologically for sure but I don't know what I'm talking okay. about so
2: yeah Agreed, Mike. I do agree Thanks. with you and your information that you're, you're, you're sharing with the group.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm not disagreeing with it. I just don't know enough about saunas to understand
2: how it will help. All right. I mean, I think it may be something that we address <laughs> in a future. Maybe we get into detail on, we'll get some more information on hot saunas. Cold plunges. Would you
1: rather spend 20 minutes in an uncomfortably hot sauna or three minutes in a cold tub?
2: Sauna. Cold tub. Not not even a question.
1: Yeah, I'm with you.
2: Not even a question. Yeah, sauna. Sauna. You get numb to the cold in 40 seconds. Done.
0: Have you ever done a cold plunge? No. Have you ever taken a cold shower?
2: Yes, I've taken cold showers.
0: (laughs) Like... I don't know that it works as easily. Dude, as I, I I have no like. I'll
2: I'll do a cold plunge tomorrow. I like I, I'm so tired <laughs> of people thinking they're like super tough because they sat in an, in a in it, an ice bath. Shut up! It's out, dude. not the tough it's not part. Toughness. It's
1: because there's major benefits to doing that.
2: Uh, that's awesome, but like I'm just tired of seeing these people make videos of themselves doing it.
0: Oh, I agree with. Oh that. yeah, the
1: like Marky Mark. Did you see oh, that you one? Marky yeah. Mark.
2: I'm over him. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Over him. I'm with you. It's three AM. Heading to the gym. Yeah, right. Dude, I Marky. Know. No That's one terrible. cares.
0: I know. So annoying. Sorry. Okay. I don't want to spend a lot of time on sports.
2: Well, let's 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 clock it. Let's just give ourselves five minutes. You and I have already vented to each other. Yeah. Um, Sixers are awful.
0: <laughs> so the Sixers season is over. They lost in the second round in seven games to the Boston Celtics, and it was Game six and game seven were just awful, awful displays of basketball. So everybody who gave a shit about the team is wildly frustrated with the outcome. Joel
2: Embiid had 15 points in the last five quarters of the season. So no points in in, in in the last quarter of game six and 15 points in the entire game seven.
1: So I accidentally watched the a, a chunk of the second quarter of Game Seven because my you know my policy I was ready I was ready for the I conference. had the
0: text in my drafts ready to be like Mike it's yep. your turn I was ready
1: for the conference finals but yep. I, I where I was the game was on so I, I watched and I I gotta tell you forget about the Sixers well first of all Embiid he looked completely spent hurt or all of the above he didn't have any. It was unimpressive completely but i have nothing to benchmark it to because i don't watch it sure but that's i will say assessment. the nba in general i i mean that 15 minutes of watching the nba you can have it these guys are embellishers divers whiners complainers they disrespect the refs. the arms are up in the air in every single play it's unwatchable the way that these guys behave that's all i'm gonna say
2: The Heat-Celtics game one was a better representation of NBA basketball.
1: I hope so, because then you wonder why you tie it to youth sports and why these kids act the way they do. Well, they're looking up to that stuff that they're seeing on TV. It it was disgraceful.
2: You're not wrong. That was seven games of the Celtics-Sixers.
0: I mean, I would argue, though, the the teams you were watching with Marcus Smart and James Harden in particular are, like, the two worst offenders of that in the league. Okay. So your example is, like, as good as it can get in terms of complainers. Um, yeah, and I can see how that would be really off-putting by, for someone who's not used to it. I guess if I've watched... 80 some odd games like one more doesn't (laughs) doesn't really um, you know bother me much but yeah if that's your only Sixers basketball experience this year it was like (laughs) pretty poor product
2: so I'll wrap up Sixers with this I'm on board with I mean it's time to move on from Joel it's time to move on from James Harden no doubt Um, and I think I'm kind of out until they do
0: well, Doc, their coach has already been let go. Yep. Um, James Harden has already opted out, which they're expecting him to leave. Yep. Um, I would be shocked if they decided to actually trade Joel, although it is absolutely on the table. I I would disagree with you there, Jeff. I'm out on Doc, obviously. I, I hated Doc. Yep, agreed. Um, I'm out on Harden. I'm not completely out on Joe.
1: So this uh, this came in from one of our listeners, listener mailbag, and I was asked to relay it. Uh, got this from a Sixers fan. Starting to think we should have drafted Tatum instead of Fultz. <laughs> Too soon to share with Meg.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's information that we've all kicked around, yeah, for a while now. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know Fultz. I don't know who Fultz is. I know who Tatum is, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we, yeah I mean, if They drafted Tatum instead of Fultz. Like, there probably would have been only a championship. Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: Well, there's only one team in Philly playing now, huh, Jeff?
0: I mean, yeah. Some struggles as of late.
1: 500 (laughs)
2: baseball? Is that what's going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just got swept
1: by the Giants.
2: Oof. Yeah. Bad. Bad. Bad baseball. I'm still confident, though. Yeah. I feel strong. I feel very strong. Um, they're too good to not, like, get better and turn it around.
0: Anything on the flyers?
1: Well, I mean, uh, they have Jonesy as their um, hockey ops president. What does that mean? Is just, Jones.
0: like, the new orange or whatever, that whole that's, campaign. That's more of a marketing. They're, yeah. they're
1: going back to, I think, more of the um, the older orange colors, which are a little, I or, don't know if it's more, more red or whatever. I'm not even sure. <laughs> but So what does it mean? What is Jonesy's role? He's probably going to be more of the face to, to the communicator. Um, Danny Breer is the GM. Torts is the coach. The interesting thing I think that they're doing or going to try to do, which is unusual, is I think they're giving Torts um, a say at the table in terms of personnel moves, okay? not just coaching. So that'll be interesting to see how that works. I, I mean, I love it. I mean, Jonesy's just a – like. He is a – everyone loves him. That doesn't mean he's going to be good at the job, but I think that he, as a player, was a great teammate. It's kind of unanimous that this Flyers team is full of guys who are not that. Um, The chemistry is terrible. There's going to have to be a lot of players shipped out. Um, They've obviously drafted, traded, and signed pretty poorly over the past – you know, five to eight years and that all has to change. They have to draft better. So, a lot of people are hating on it. Oh, it's all the old flyers recycling the flyers through here again. Why can't we get new blood? Like, About the Jonesy thing? Yeah, and Danny Breer too. I Meaning what Danny Breer is not a broad street bully guy. I mean, and Jonesy's not either. Jonesy
2: I mean, is a is a genius hire in my opinion.
1: I, I agree. I kind of I agree. think
2: he's underrated from an intelligence standpoint. He's, Friggin hysterical And he's really good At everything he does And Everything w- he does
1: Yeah And I would say That there, he had No reason To leave the gigs That he's Been doing um, And he's, a, he's He loves this franchise He loves the team He's said it He's like I wouldn't do this For any other team So he's gonna be just Chomping at the bit To do a great job Which I think he will And Danny Briere, By all accounts Is a really Really smart hockey guy Yeah Um, he was a great player that doesn't mean again it translates but and if Tortorella is sticking around and he's going to be like more than just a coach but he's also going to be involved in you know talking about trades and signings and things like that that's an interesting kind of collaborative setup which which I I think it's good I really do
2: a couple years a couple more years we can start to turn the franchise around probably (laughs)
1: Three to five. Oh, gosh. What
0: do we got, Meg? Coach's Corner. We're going to talk about gifting. Okay. And the transfer of wealth. So one of the more common planning scenarios we deal with is gifting both to people and charitable organizations. So what we wanted to discuss today is um, how some of our clients choose to approach it, some of the difficulties we often see in the conversation and really the execution and maybe how we think some of those um, difficulties or concerns can be lessened or alleviated. Okay. So the reason this kind of came up is I recently met with a client who has more than enough money to be able to significantly and impactfully gift to family members, gift to organizations she's passionate about, and she's struggling with it. She's struggling with it because she wants to she wants to kind of dictate how the money is used once it's gifted. She wants it to be used she uses the word responsibly, she doesn't want it spent frivolously, and she's struggling with you know, kind of getting out of her own way, I guess for for lack of a better word because it's it's not at all a concern from a financial standpoint, whether or not she can afford to do it, but she is. The daughter of you know great depression parents and has accumulated a ton of wealth but just can't really see through the gifting execution and it's either gift with no restrictions or don't gift that's how we see it yeah I mean the, the adding the restrictions just we get to this place where people don't do anything they keep talking about wanting to do it but then they actually don't do it so you
2: and I were talking about this and um, the only solution i could think of which i don't think is a viable solution right if grandma says to to grandkid i'm going to gift you x amount of money uh, but i want you to use it responsibly and do this with it well, that's not going to work so if the the only other way i can think of is is grandma is a part of those purchases like hey grandma i'm going to use your gift to buy a car well grandma doesn't want johnny to go out and get a corvette well then okay johnny i'll go with you like, do some car research, and I'm going to go with you to the store, and I'm going to write the check. That way she can control, you're going to get, like, a Kia <laughs> instead of a Mercedes. But, like, what what, what Who's going to
1: do that, right? who,
2: Who's going to be involved in all of those right. Right. decisions? And, and, and just, if you have enough money, and your advisor tells you you do, just gift. Or don't. Yeah. Right. if you feel like it's going to lead them to be irresponsible— then don't. And I guess maybe now that I'm like thinking out loud as I talk, like that's a real problem because if they don't gift, then they're going to leave more to the kids. And if you think they're going to be irresponsible when you give them 17 grand, well, isn't that more frustrating that they're going to be super responsible when you're dead and you give them two and a half million? But I guess you're dead. So who cares? Yeah. I just yeah. won't gift and then I'll die and I won't know what they did with it.
0: Yeah. Um, I I I don't have. That's it. Now I'm putting myself
2: in their in like their spot. Like, yeah, that's a toughie. I guess I'd rather just give it to them and then be disappointed that they're using it for whatever. But at least I I, I was able to help them in some form or fashion while I was alive and watched
0: them blow it on stupid stuff. I may be like oversimplifying it, but if it's a genuine concern, having that conversation with the recipient of the gift, like hey, I have an opportunity to help and I I would like to see this money used thoughtfully or responsibly by whatever measure or even if it's just saying those words. Like, aren't most people like gonna be considerate of that? Maybe I'm giving too many people the benefit of the doubt, but like, I don't know. In this case, like she's talking about her grandchildren who are 30 years old, have kids of their own. Like very likely the use is gonna be, you know, summer activities or paying the daycare bill. Like, I know that there are scenarios where the money is used incredibly irresponsibly. I'm not suggesting that is perfect all the time. But I guess in my mind, like, you say how you feel to the person who's going to receive the gift and then you hope for the best.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, Jeff, your, your example of the car is probably a little bit impractical to think grandmom's going to the, you know, Toyota dealer or whatever, but if it's something like a down payment on a house, right, that's specifically a check written that's part of that transaction. It's probably super helpful to the, to the kid or kids. Um, and that's a great way to help somebody who's younger, who otherwise maybe couldn't afford to, to buy a house. Um, just writing a check though and giving, just giving money. Because you'd rather give it to him while you're still alive, and the more substantial that check is, obviously, the more problematic it it could be because it's, um, at that point it might be spent for frivolously or whatever. I don't know. Um, to me, I feel like the gifting thing. The smaller the smaller gifts to me are way more way less, should be way less of an issue. I think when yeah. it, it comes to it, it's really the encouraging or maybe that's not the right word, but, um, um, helping create potentially a situation where somebody just plays video games all day because they don't have to get a job now that there's a lot of money coming their way or has come their way. And maybe that leads into the other part of our conversation, which is, which is the, um, where are we going to talk about like the family planning, the family family planning aspect where, there is a substantial inheritance um, that may or may, may not be known about and is it good or bad to talk about that as a family prior to yeah. that happening and yeah, you know, what are the pitfalls there?
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of having family generational planning discussions, right? Like mom and dad have a couple million bucks, they live very modestly, they have two kids, those kids are going to inherit Two three million bucks each. Um, I think I think it's it's in everyone's best interest to have that conversation with you know son one and daughter one. Like, look, we we're not going to go through our money. You're going to get two million dollars at least when we die, because I think that can help them now start to maybe modify their planning. Like, maybe you don't have to save as much in your four hundred one k, or maybe you don't have to struggle the way you're struggling now because there is going to be an inheritance. And we always tell people when we do our planning for people in their 60s, like you can't bank on the inheritance. But I think that's different. I think that that other generation didn't have as much wealth as this generation does. So it's like our clients will have like a million or 2 million bucks and they're kind of on the cusp of being able to, to live comfortably and they may get an inheritance from mom for 400 grand, which can really kind of change their life. Um, and we tell them you can't you can't bank on that. I'm talking about a bigger wealth transfer um, to young to a younger generation. I think it's it. The, I think the conversation absolutely should be had.
0: Well, and and the conversation maybe that's what we as inv- advisors can encourage to make what we we're fir- t- first talking about the gifting discussion easier. Mm-hmm. Right, like if there's this open line of communication, and mom and dad can say hey, you know, we don't live, your scenario, we don't need our a ton of our money, we live very modestly, there's going to be an inheritance. Well, maybe the kids are then raising their hands and saying, we need help with college funding in five years. So I don't want to wait 15 more for you to die. How about you contribute to your grandchild's college education? Like maybe it allows for more s- – more opportunity to help while mom and dad are still here because i keep coming back to that like wouldn't you want to see if you could wouldn't you want to see your money positively benefiting your family and to me that opportunity should outweigh maybe the one-off frivolous expense or the one vacation that you wouldn't have sanctioned or you know the upgraded car purchase, like to me, that opportunity, maybe because we've now created that generational approach to the discussion, um, maybe it encourages more people to do it. Because I do believe a lot of the concern we talk about people having is a generational thing. The the age Agreed. of the the demographic of the clients we see who can't get over the hump are. Like I don't think that's going to be a perpetuated issue we I deal with. I agree. 100%. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. So maybe for now, the way that we can help, again, like execute on these like thoughts or ideas, is by having the rest of the family like actively participate in the conversation.
2: I mean, I've, I, there's been many circumstances that I've personally been a part of where we've had those conversations. And it's impactful when, you, when you're talking to mom and her boys and mom lives on her social security and a pension and has $400,000 in a Roth IRA and she's 80 years old. Well, that Roth IRA shouldn't be invested for the 80-year-old. Right. She's never going to use it. And I've, we've we've had this conversation with clients. Yeah. Let's invest that 100% stocks for the next 10 years that you're going to be alive because it's just... It's going to grow more and it's going to be a bigger impact for these kids. Like that's kids' money. I've I've said that a million times. This is basically your kids' money. So let's invest it for them. Kids, are you okay with that? And they're always like, yes, let's do that.
0: That's
2: why I just think it needs to be a bigger conversation. Um,
0: Yeah, but I guess the issue I see most is that the mom and dad just don't, they can't wrap their brains or grasp. The amount of wealth they have right there's the constant like well what if what if what if and i can think of multiple scenarios where like there isn't a one <laughs> there isn't a what if that could be put in front of me that i would that would even concern me right so it, it, it's without concern that we can unequivocally say give gift invest for the kids and it still doesn't happen
2: because those what ifs are never going to be something that's just going to make you go bankrupt. I mean, unless you're doing something really crazy, stupid sure. with your money. Right. But like, even like a concern that like Mike brought up a few a few months ago, like the the um, SVB debacle mm-hmm. and you know your bank accounts and your money markets going below one dollar a share. Like, okay, but then that will get corrected and we'll figure it out, right? The only thing that's like the only thing that could happen that is a zombie apocalypse. So we, but we're right. not, we're not preparing for that.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. It's, I think I agree with you, Meg. I think it's generational. I think it will go away. I think the 60, the 55 to 60 year olds that we're dealing with now yeah. won't have as big of a hang up when they're 80. I think no. they'll get it unless they start going senile and like start losing their minds. Um, but that's, it's, it's something that I think people should be talking about with mom and dad and with each other about their family's wealth. So that we can just be better at what we do,
0: yeah. And, and I mean, we can only take it so far, right? We can only help we can only help move the conversation. We can only give the ideas, but I mean, without someone willing to to execute, it's it's just a lot of talk. And I guess that's where my frustration lies. There's a lot of talk with certain, situations recently for me and they seem like no brainers and I don't know how to push anymore.
2: Yeah, and I feel like <clears throat> there's definitely been more people that are willing to have that conversation. I feel like yeah, 10 so. 15 years ago when I would say to someone, are you willing to like, you know, share some of this information with your kids and, and bring your kids in so they can understand the planet was like, no, I don't want yeah. my kids to know how much money I have. I I feel like recently there's been more acceptance of that.
0: That's true. I agree Mm -hmm. with that.
1: There is a threshold that just before we leave this, um, I feel like there's a threshold of wealth. At which it starts to be that the the issues become much more complicated. So talking about a few million bucks or five or ten million. But when you're talking about 50, 100, you know, lots and lots of 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 assets, you know, at that point, you have real concerns about okay, family planning. Our kids know that they're inheriting; just sure. they don't have ever yeah. have to work. Their kids don't have to work. How are we going to get them to work? How are we going to create a work ethic in our in our their our kids and their kids and that that kind of thing? So, um,
2: I can't help you with that, Michael. What
0: I'm does yeah. Jay Z yeah. say? Yeah. No money, no problem. Is <laughs> that Jay Z? Was that Biggie? No. I think it was. I think Biggie? it was uh,
2: uh, Puffy actually, Puffy? and Mace.
0: Yeah, you might be right.
2: I think Biggie was dead when that came out. His track was, uh, was added, Afterlife.
0: Mm. Should have consulted okay. with the <laughs> resident rap connoisseur. <laughs> All right. Well, no answers no. found through that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, we're going to pivot here to Jeopardy, my current mm. favorite game show. Um, might be my favorite TV show right now because really? Succession is really grinding my gears, but that's for another day. Um, so I did a little research to write my blurb. This is from Britannica.com. Um, Jeopardy! is described as a long-running program which has won dozens of daytime Emmy awards, is a cultural staple, and consistently rates as one of the most popular shows in the country we're going to cover the game itself and then some recent host changes that Jeff wanted to talk about
2: how about how iconic the music is when yeah. you ask someone a question and you're waiting for the answer mm-hmm. i mean you're True. you're much younger than i am but you would even maybe start like whistling that tune while one of your friends in their 30s oh, was totally, just, like trying totally. to answer
0: yeah iconic man anytime there's a countdown yeah of any sort <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i'm
2: wildly frustrated with with the jeopardy game show just I mean, I don't consider myself a very smart person, and that show just makes me feel even dumber than I already feel.
0: I think from a strictly intelligence standpoint, I get that, but it makes me feel so normal because the <laughs> weirdos on that show are unlike.
1: Yeah, like so, right. You're right. So that's what I wanted to say about it. <laughs> I love more than that I don't watch Jeopardy I mean of course I've seen it but I, I'm not someone who ever would tune into it um, however Mike would be like really good I sure. love when you get like a, a sports category and it's crickets yeah. like oh my gosh. The, the one great clip I just saw in my research for this was <laughs> something like uh, you know the, the the answer was this uh, legendary coach uh, oh Tom Landry it actually said his name uh, You know, pioneered the, the shotgun formation it was like of what sport?
0: <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Like, no, no,
1: and then they got easier and easier. Like the yeah. football questions and not one could be answered. I, I love that because it, to your point, it just, just is like, well, like these people are these people are on another planet.
0: They're so quirky. Yeah. Obviously, incredibly intelligent. And I mean, I can't even begin to understand what goes into like preparing for. Like, are they just reading? Uh, what? Like, I mean, you've seen
2: White Men Can't Jump, right? Yeah, I mean Rosie. Anyway, she was like preparing to go on Jeopardy, so she had like a book that they study from. I don't know if that's if that's real. I think
0: it's like an encyclopedia. (laughs) Like, are they just going to like Wikipedia and just hoping for the best? Well, like, how do you pick your topic? You know,
1: there's one great thing that Jeopardy has given us, and that is. The top 10, if not top 5, SNL sketches of all time. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about I mean, it. Will Farrell. You can yes. watch those over and over yes. and over again and just laugh the same amount.
2: Yes. and Sean Connery. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean
1: they're yeah. just, they're too funny. they <laughs> Rosie Perez, sorry. And Norm MacDonald as Burt Reynolds. Oh my God, yeah. they're just the best. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so you're not watching, you don't really watch? Uh, it, like, on occasion. Maybe like okay. once a
2: week it'll pop on.
0: Okay and you're not a big Ken fan.
2: I I hate Ken, Jenny. I absolutely hate him as a host. He's too much of a nerd for me. Like Alex Trebek wasn't a nerd.
0: Okay.
2: I don't I don't I wouldn't consider Alex Trebek a nerd. Ken is a straight up nerd and I don't where where I currently stand, I don't know if they're going to be able to find a viable replacement for Alex Trebek.
0: They have the girl? Ken. No, Ken is the replacement. I mean it's
2: it, it can't be. It can't be. The show I'm telling you the show will not last.
0: I find Ken better and yeah,
2: I know. You can't say that. That's I, that's, that's I know. I
0: feel bad saying it because I loved Alex. Alex to me was too engaged like he he engaged too much with the contestants. He like tried to like befriend or he tried to make fun of, he tried to like have quips and like rapport with the contestants. It's not what it's
2: about, Alex. RIP. But everything Ken says off script is cringeworthy. I disagree. I <laughs> find him
0: lovely and endearing and he's got like a little speech impediment. I find him cute. No, like, he's like terrible. Polly Pocket cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to do the top five? Sure. Top five non-human characters. <sighs> Can I go first? I don't really feel great about mine. Sure. Sure. Big Simba fan.
2: I thought about Simba. I
0: feel like it's kind of iconic. Yeah. You know, I debated what what's Mufasa. Yeah. But he's just not as, you know, he dies too early. Um, <clears throat> have you guys watched BoJack Horseman? I have. No.
1: I it's considered, funny. it's funny, I considered that, but I, I'm having a hard time with just going cartoon- it, there's uh, cartoon characters, you know, which is which it is. It's a cartoon.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But it's Will Arnett's voice. Voice.
0: Okay. He's like a he's a horse. he's a horse. Okay. But he's like a washed up actor who's like trying to become relevant again. It's like okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, show. it's it's, it's funny. a it's a clever show. It's yeah. kind of funny. Gotcha. The dog from I Am Legend. I Think hmm. his name's Ooh, Sam Shepherd. Sam. Yeah. 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 She's pretty badass. I okay. think it's a show. Maybe. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> Uh, that was three. Yeah. So <laughs> this show is from my childhood, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm. The cat. Salem. That's a good one. He's like the best character in the whole show. That's a really good one. And then my last one, this is probably recency bias, is Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy. Is Rocket the raccoon? Yeah. He's great. Mm. He's awesome. He's great, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, that's a good list, man. All right,
1: I'll go next, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was trying to go off the board as much as I could because, you know, you're talking, it's, it's, you know, it's cartoon characters, it's animals, it's Muppets. You know, robots and Ow. aliens and stuff like that, right? so um,
2: Robots? What kind of robots do you got
1: Well, Terminator. I'm yeah. going with Terminator. Okay. It's on my list.
2: Which one? Arnold? Oh, yeah. Or the liquid metal guy?
1: Arnold, Arnold, come on.
2: Or just one of the standard robots that was like one, no, like, Arnold, one of the Arnold, Army,
1: Arnold. Army yeah. guys? The Terminator. Okay, all right. <laughs> Um, My only cartoon one, Um, it's, again, adult comedy. Stewie Griffin from Family Guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Isn't Stewie the baby?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, wait.
1: Isn't that his name? Stewie Griffin? Yeah. Okay, the character's so, but name.
0: he's a human.
1: But it's a cartoon. Okay. So it's not yeah. actually a human.
0: He's not a human.
2: No, I understand that he's not a real life. <laughs> but his character boy. is a human. Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah,
1: I didn't Okay. Okay, characters. I got you. Got you though. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. So- my third, my um, my third one is uh, Donkey from Shrek.
0: That's a good one. I had Shrek on mine. Yeah. The ogre as like a backup. Yeah. if necessary. Yeah. That's a good
1: one. And then my other two, I've got Philly fanatic.
0: Oh. Oh. Great one, dude. Yeah. Very good one. Especially considering you hate the Phillies. But, I mean,
1: Philly fanatics, probably the best thing about the Phillies experience.
2: I guess gritty's your number one then?
1: No, no, no. no. I'm I'm not a gritty guy. Not a gritty guy.
0: Is the fanatic, he's the best mascot. Mascot. I mean, mascots
1: belong in baseball. They don't belong in any other sport. That's my view.
0: Yeah. it's a good one.
1: And then my last one is Baltimore from The Wire. Baltimore is actually arguably a character. In that series.
0: The city of Baltimore. Yeah,
1: the city of Baltimore. Okay.
2: it's way off the
0: board. Yeah, took that somewhere I wouldn't have gotten. Uh,
1: Tell me it's not an actual character in that whole. No, I I don't. It's not a character in The Wire. It it, does not have uh, one line. It doesn't have to.
0: (laughs) When was the last time you heard the Fanatic talk?
1: Good point, Meg. He's a mute.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll do mine quick. Good job, Mike. They were good.
2: Yeah, they were very good. Out of the box. Yeah. I go uh, Panda from Kung Fu Panda as my five. (laughs) Jack Black is just hysterical. I like Groot, so I'll I'll piggyback off here. What? Groot. I love Groot, dude.
0: He says three words.
2: He's not a human, though. He doesn't have to say anything.
0: But like, what do you like about Groot's character? I just think he's cool.
2: I think Groot's cool. Mega Mind is my number three. SpongeBob SquarePants. I can't believe nobody else had that. (laughs) SpongeBob. I mean, he like, like, I could still watch those episodes. I just think they're hysterical.
0: It <laughs> doesn't surprise me.
2: Uh, my number one, which no one would have, I just love this character, is Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse? He, I mean, you don't even know who Mighty Mouse uh-huh. is, do to you? Too. Like Mickey Mouse? No, this is Mighty Mouse. He was a superhero superhero mouse oh, from back in the day, like black and white. Yeah, big fan of Mighty Mouse. Wow. wow. Yeah. Shocker right, mind, we're all you basically...
0: You don't win. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all, right. all right. Well, thanks for listening. Till next time. See ya.